0: Doormats here, Redeeming the Time Brothers podcast, a podcast by Gene Kissinger and Norman Kissinger, two brothers who spent their lives in ministry and raising large families. Our desire is to provide a digital place for those who long to belong. We are currently in a series called Maxima Marriage, uh, out of uh, John Maxwell's book of the same name. It was a Sunday school class that I had done almost two decades ago as I was counting it out amazingly, it's got some content that I believe will really bless us and help us to understand some of the things that our current culture has misrepresented or misunderstood. One of those things that they've misrepresented or misunderstood is this idea of being a helpmate. This helpmate or helpmate is described in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 20. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an helpmate for him. God had said that everything was good. He made the stars, it was good. He made the seas, it was good. He made the animals, it was good. He made Adam, it was good. But it was not good for man to be alone. Man, uh, Mankind needed uh, completion. And we talked to, uh, in the initial lesson that completion is the purpose of marriage. We're to complete one another, not compete with one another. But we can't do that if we've got a misunderstanding about headship. Headship is not this dictatorial reign of a, of a monarch. Instead, it's a servant leadership where a husband lovingly leads his family and sacrificially gives himself for his wife and his family. And then the wife, in response to that as being a helpmeet, partners together with him voluntarily and the two of them together they intertwine their lives in this voluntary relationship and they move forward as a team and that is a powerful thing but the misunderstanding of this concept of headship and also this concept of a helpmeet has caused a real rift within homes it split churches. I mean it's been a bad thing and so we need to understand it properly. If you, if you think that being a helpmeet merely means a doormat, who wants to be a doormat? If I thought that's what it meant, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have the audacity to uh, talk to you about this concept. It is something far deeper, though, than just being a doormat. In fact, let's look at some of the misunderstandings that are out there in the culture about what this word helpmeet means. There's some who think it means a slave girl. Uh, The concept or maybe the word picture of it would be a ball in a chain. This woman is kind of, the only jewelry she has is a ball in a chain and her her only interaction with the outer world is is maybe at the supermarket or uh, through some TV show that she gets to watch but she's essentially sequestered in her home. That's nonsense and that's not at all what this is meant to be and if that's what your your concept of it is, you're wrong and, and you need to adjust that. Uh, your wife is not your slave, she's not your servant. Uh, Instead, actually you're the one that's called to serve her if you're the husband, if you read Ephesians 5 properly, but of course we're really to serve one another. And there's a mutual submission that was even to take place there. Another concept besides the slave girl image is this speechless image. The woman is to be seen and not heard. In other words, she can't have any opinion about anything and she can't be heard. She doesn't have a voice in the relationship and that's not what help meet means. Uh, the, the woman is to be somebody who has to put her brain on a shelf so that her husband can shine. She can't be smarter than her husband. She can't be you know and, and no, if she is smarter than him nobody can find out about it. And uh, that's again not what this word help helpmeet means. L- let's think of two concepts when we think about this term of a helpmeet. Number one, we talk about being a helpmeet, and and we talk about the biblical issue of submission. It has nothing to do with inferiority. Men are not better than women. Women are not better than men. We are we are equal. We are different, but we're equal. And that difference, I see, viva la difference. We actually bring different strengths to the table and different strengths to the team. That's what the concept of completion means, where the two are working together in this team concept to accomplish purposes. So the woman brings to the table what a man can't bring to the table. And the man brings to the table what a woman can't bring to the table. And together we provide an image, an accurate image of what God is like. In Genesis 1, God says, uh, let us make man in our image talking about the three members of the trinity let us make man in our image and then it says created he them male and female in his image and so the the image of the woman teaches us something about what god is like the image of the man teaches us something about what god is like although god is a spirit and they that worship him worship him in spirit and in truth and so there's this concept the if we're going to talk about this help me and about this concept of submission, we need to understand it's not about inferiority. In fact, why we know it's not about inferiority is Jesus clearly stated that he was submitted to the Father that he did everything the Father told him to do, but he was not saying he was less than the Father. He's the second person of the Trinity. It was just, The word uh, submission is hypomone, and it means to order under, and it was a concept of structure, not a concept of superiority or inferiority. It was just an organizational thing to allow a multi-part system to function properly. And any time that you're that you're in any system where there's more than one person in the system, there's always a kind of a hierarchy of structure. But it's in no way was it ever meant to be a hierarchy of superiority and inferiority. That's not at all the concept within marriage. It was meant to be a partnership where the two become one flesh. And that one flesh together represent what God is like. So being a helpmate is not about inferiority or, or superiority. It is instead about a teaming together, the two becoming one flesh, and then working together to accomplish the shared goals that they have within the marriage. And then being a helpmate has a lot to do with attitude, not just with action. There are sometimes, and Listen, dear ladies, please, please hear this with the love that I intended. There are sometimes that you would say, I'm behind my husband. And then if you really were physically behind him, they would see you rolling your eyes behind him. Or maybe see you kind of doing this with your hand behind him. You might literally be behind him and maybe trying to make him think that you're behind him in your actions. But your husband needs to know that you and him are on the same team. And you really need to be on the same team. Instead of allowing these things to divide you and for you to to get into this attack mode against each other. Whether it's a subversive attack or an overt attack. We need to be careful that our attitude towards our Mates is exactly what it is meant to be and nothing more, nothing less. And, and so this uh, respect is a primary need for a man. Uh, the Bible talks about husbands love your wives and talk about wives respecting their husbands. There's this idea, there's somehow that us guys are wired where respect is a really big deal to us. Now, I, I guess you could argue that it shouldn't be that way. Um, I, I would say it doesn't matter whether it should be that way or not. It, it matters a lot that if you need love, and God tells your husband to love you, and you know that your husband needs respect, you should show him respect and he should show you love. To me, it's that simple. And so we need to be involved in that. Um, So when you see your husband being a sacrificial lover, somebody that's providing servant leadership to the family, where he's putting the needs of you and the family above his own needs, where he he is invested in the home, he's invested in you, show him respect and encourage him in that relationship, encourage him in what he's doing brag on him a little bit. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm afraid sometimes the only time we say good things is after our mate dies. Well that's ridiculous to wait decades, uh, you know, and and while they're doing the good things and not say nothing or only say critical things and then after they die say, oh wow, you know, he was a pretty good guy or she was a great wife after they die. Say it while they're alive. Give the flowers while the people are still on the planet. Um, Affirm them. Applaud their efforts. And then a model of a help me. A help me needs to move the direction where where you're providing what he doesn't have you're providing what he lacks he provides the servant leadership and then you see the areas where there's lack in his life and you you bring your strength into those weaknesses and together you, you create a strong team together in this concept of being a help me now, if, if Maxwell says we need to resist the resistance syndrome, there is kind of a, I suppose in all of us, there's, a, there's something that wells up in us any, anytime we feel like somebody is trying to tell us to do something or even get us to do something, we, we, we resist it. So that if, there's a, if there's a sign on the wall that says do not touch wet paint, what's the first thing you do? You reach over and you touch the wall to see if the paint's still wet. And, and when somebody tells you not to do something, it seems like it makes you want to do it a whole lot more. I think it's true about this concept of submission is that uh, this voluntary submission that this help meet is to enter into, I, I think sometimes uh, as soon as the woman senses that the guy is heading a particular direction, if she's not careful, she'll kind of get into a resistance mode where the resistance is almost automatic just because it's kind of his idea or his leadership and he's trying to move the relationship a particular direction. And then sort of something in you get your back up as a wife and you're like, no, that's not right. No, we're not going to do it that way and you sort of instantly try to head a different direction. Uh, resist the resistance uh, knee-jerk reaction and instead try to find a way to work together. Now uh, probably one of the uh, most horrible verses uh, the, for women in the in the Old Testament is Proverbs 27:15. It talks about a continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are very alike and there's this idea if we're not careful this actually could apply as supposed to men as well not just to women because sometimes if we're not careful we'll allow the drip of our negative uh, negative sentences our negative words our negative concepts to hit at the other person and husbands do it wives do it we need to be careful about this continual drip going on think about the classic example of uh, you pile into the car uh, the husband's going to take the family out to eat And he says, where would you like to go? And she says, oh, I don't care, you pick. Now, that's what she said, but that's not what she meant. Because as soon as he says, all right, hey, we're going to go get hamburgers. And she says, no, no. No, 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 we had hamburgers last week. We're, we don't want to have hamburgers. Okay, One the, he's he said, well, I, what we'll do is we'll go have pizza. No, pizza doesn't fill me up very much. I, I, I don't think we should have pizza. And then on and on it goes, and pretty soon it becomes pretty clear to him uh, that no matter what he puts up there, she's going to shoot down the idea. That's what we're talking about with this dripping or this resistance, is this idea we're not flowing together because instead everything that's coming from the man is instantly met with resistance from the woman and I think probably it even happens almost at a, at a subliminal level almost in an automatic fashion where there's a little power thing that goes on in, in the relationship in these even in these micro areas and it can happen in the larger areas and there's just this constant um, tug-of-war and God didn't intend marriage to be this tug-of-war so if you told him to decide why don't you let him decide it seems pretty simple to me um, or the husband suppose he he's uh, you, you've had dinner and then you're headed you're headed over to a old friend's house and you, your kids will visit with their kids and whatever and on the way the husband thinks to himself you know what I'm gonna surprise him and, and I'm gonna go I, I know I'm supposed to turn left here but I'm gonna turn right and I'm gonna drop by Baskin Robbins and buy him all some ice cream and so he turns the this quote unquote wrong direction and the wife says. Well, what are you doing? You you turned the wrong way. I can't believe you've gone to his house a thousand times and now all of a sudden you're lost. And then, you know, all of a sudden he's thinking, I might get ice cream, but I don't think I'm gonna get her any ice cream. You know, there's this idea that instantly everything that he tries to do is sort of cut down. Um, Here's where you ladies have an advantage over us. They say that women are far more verbal than men are, on average, probably about an 80% split, uh, where 80% of women are more verbal than men, of uh, 20% of men are more verbal than women. And they say that women speak an average of 24 to 25,000 words in a given day, and the average man between 11,000 to 12,000 words in a given day. Women have better, their language centers of their brain are far stronger, far more connected Uh, than men's are and so we're not as good at communication as you are and so it's very easy when you're dealing with your husband to maybe kind of out-argue him out out debate him if you will. My contention is though maybe it's not the best thing to be in a debate with him in, in the first place unless it's a really important issue does it really matter if you go to ice cream or don't go to ice cream? does it really matter if you have pizza or if you have hamburger? or is it just about the power that's there? I don't know. I mean it's something to think about, right? I don't know the answers for your relationship because every relationship is unique and and, and maybe, maybe in your relationship maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's the husband that is more of the continual dripping that's there and there's this negativity that's coming from him and it's not from you. Maybe you really don't care whether you go to a particular restaurant or not to a particular restaurant. Maybe he's the guy that does and maybe he's the one that's doing the power play. And we're going to talk about how to diminish that, 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 those negative habits in a later lesson. But for right now, let's focus on this concept of being a helpmeet and how we can be that in within the relationship as the wife. The Bible says the woman is the glory of man. Uh, In in other words, he sets all of the relationships pale in comparison between how a husband feels about his wife. Uh, I love my wife more than anybody on the planet. I just have to tell you that. And and I set her above everybody on the planet. If I got to choose between Sandy and anybody else out there, I'm choosing Sandy. It's real easy for me to do, okay? But think about this. If he does that for you, shouldn't you do that for him? Shouldn't you make sure that everybody knows that he's the number one in your life? Uh, have you ever listened to how women talk about their husbands to other women, or sometimes even when the husband is there? Sometimes, a, oh, you know how Herbert is, and blah, 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 and there's this very negative kind of a, of a sort of a tirade almost that goes on, this negative diatribe about, about what this guy is like, and, and sort of she's zeroing in on his weaknesses rather than affirming his strengths don't you suppose it would at least make the relationship a little bit less distant if you had a little bit less of that negativity that was in there and where you were lifting up your mate instead of and you were giving him a a good name to live up to instead of a negative name to live down there's an old saying that whatever name you can give a dog a good name or a bad name whatever name you give the dog he'll come to that name And so, if you give your husband a bad name, you're essentially giving him a bad reputation to live down to. If you give your husband a good name, you're giving him a good reputation to live up to. Maybe he'll live up to it, maybe not, but shouldn't you at least kind of talk him up a little bit, if you will, uh, and and speak good of him or well of him? Um, How Satan uses this is sometimes, if, if a husband only hears these negative things at home, then some other woman from that's out there in the world who sets their sights on a husband, uh, on your husband, they start speaking positive things, good things. That's a dangerous deal. One of the, they say one of the times when a marriage is in at its most vulnerable is when a couple retires. When they retire, they start spending a lot of time together. When they spend a lot of time together, a lot of negativity can develop. And if, if you're not careful, either the husband or the wife can attach to somebody else that's speaking positive things about them. So say say Fred and and Ethel move into a retirement community, and the Ethel is very negative to Fred all the time. All of her communication is this negative, derogatory kind of stuff, uh, and and he's not enough, and she wants him to measure up. And then uh, some, a lady down the, you know, down the complex has her plumbing break, and it turns out Fred is pretty good at plumbing, so he goes down there and he starts fixing her plumbing, and she bakes him a pie, and she thinks he's just the the next best thing to peanut butter, and all of a sudden, uh, Fred is divorcing Ethel and marrying this other woman, and literally, that's one of the problems that's happening right now is divorce is going up in the, the senior citizens. So it used to be just kind of a younger thing. Now it's a thing that's happening even within the senior citizen community. That's a dangerous thing. And and well, I'm, I'm certainly not saying that, uh, You know, I, I, I think, I'm not blaming Ethel, uh, but I am saying that maybe Ethel didn't live as wisely as she could have lived. Maybe she could have valued the relationship a little bit better. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. we're all responsible for our own selves. Fred, Fred will answer to God for whatever wicked stuff Fred does. But you know, wouldn't it be good if we at least, uh, at least, did our best within the relationship to make it as a positive a place as we possibly can? How about this? Creativity and surprises. Uh, if you're a couple that's been married for quite some time, one of the biggest challenges, one of the darkest times in a relationship are, are times of boredom. When boredom sets in, there's something within humanity that wants to look for something to spice things up. And the danger is people start looking outside their marriage, outside of their significant relationship, instead of working to make that relationship exciting. God wants that relationship to be the place where surprising things happen, where exciting things happen. Not that each couple, each person goes out to somebody else, but instead the two of them together work on it. Now, I would say that ladies are more creative than men. I probably, if I were to take a poll of you, I bet most of you would say that the ladies are more creative than men. So maybe if you sparked this creativity, maybe he'd eventually catch on, kind of like priming a pump where you pour some water into it to get water back out of it. Maybe that's what would happen. And so uh, in the bedroom, keep things passionate in the bedroom. Um, There's no reason for uh, the the marriage bed to be somehow this humdrum thing. Instead, it's meant to be something of excitement and passion uh, that, that meets the needs of both people that are there. So we need to make marriage the marriage bed passionate. And then in an appearance, <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times after a couple gets married, all of a sudden, uh, they, they quit taking care of themselves. Both the husband and the wife can do this. Well, they, they just sort of let their appearance go. They, they, don't, they, they don't work out. They don't take care of themselves. They don't dress nice. They don't dress up for their mate. They, they don't take care of themselves. And that, that is not a good thing. We need to be uh, certainly taking care of our appearance and, and how, how our, our physical body. And then little love notes. Uh, you can write little love notes to each other that you can share back and forth. That's a powerful thing. Special favors, special gifts that you give to each other. There's a lot of things that we can do to bust the boredom and keep Satan from getting his foot in the door. And then don't be too practical. If you're a help me, don't be too practical for the pleasurable things. Let's say your husband spontaneously talks about, man, he wants to take you on a trip. And then you come up with 17 reasons why that's not practical. Well, I mean, it's good that you're trying to be practical. That's a wonderful thing. But if you do that enough times, if you come up with all those reasons uh, that that this is not possible, pretty soon your husband's not gonna plan any trips. He's gonna give up trying to surprise you or try to do something for you because he knows already he's gonna be shut down by the impracticality of it. Um, Maybe it's not practical to take your wife out once a week on a date because it's hard to find somebody to watch the kids. That's a good thing to do because it helps build the relationship beyond just the mom and dad thing. Where sometimes, sometimes after the kids come along, we get so locked into the mom and dad role, we forget the husband and wife role. I want to close out with this passage out of Proverbs 31, 23 through 31. It describes a woman of great worth, and this is not a weak woman. This is not this is not a woman that is. Um, a doormat, not at all. In fact, she's a businesswoman. Uh, She is well respected. She's a woman of strength. She's a woman she's a woman that is spoken well of in the community spoken well of by the family. Uh, She's an amazing woman. Listen to how she's described in proverbs 31 verse 23 your husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles to the under the merchants she's got a business on the side a home-based business apparently strength and honor are her clothing she shall rejoice in time to come, because she's prepared, she doesn't let anything catch her by surprise. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She's good at communicating, she's wise in her words. She knows exactly how to speak to the people that are around her in a way that will be effective communication. It's not just this continual negative drip, but instead it's positive, powerful, pointed communication that gets across its point and, and moves the team's agenda forward. She looketh well to the ways of her household and he not the bread of idleness she's not lazy she's not just sort of sitting back passively letting life uh, pass by her instead she's actively engaged and she's got uh, her days are filled with life and then her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also he praises her in other words everybody in the family understands that this mom and this wife is, is the, probably the most significant person in this relationship. She, she brings everything together. She holds everything together and it's, she's amazing to everybody. Then, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. She's got a right relationship with God and she doesn't let anything come between her and God and what God has for her roles and goals. She accomplishes that. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. We're going to be talking about ways to later on about ways to turn around the negative negativity that can sometimes get in the relationship, both from the man and from the woman later. I hope that you'll tune into this, a Maximum Marriage. I believe it'll be a strength to you. Can we just pray for our marriages right now, that the husbands will be the servant leaders that they need to be, the wives will be the helpmeets that they need to be, and that we'll find a way to function as a as a practical, powerful, united team in heading towards what God's roles and goals are for us. Dear Lord God, I, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for these dear ones that are under the sound of my voice. God, I know this teaching on headship and on, on being a helpmeet is a sensitive subject. God, because there have been people that have abused this there have been people that that have been abusive God and they have somehow tried to use the Bible to justify that and God your word never ever condones that nonsense that is wicked and it is wrong but God it's also wicked and wrong to literally throw out the clear teaching of your word and to not apply it to our lives even when sometimes it makes us uncomfortable and God there are some times that you've called us to, to step into that place of discomfort so that we can change if we got the men and women that we need to be God Lord marriages are shattered they're falling apart they the Lord they're under direct satanic attack and if if, if we don't step up and and, uh, and step back and allow you to build this house we labor in vain. And God, we just ask you to help us. I pray that supernaturally you'd be with these. God, if there's somebody that's here that's on the edge of divorce, I'm asking you to save their marriage. Ask them. I'm asking you to help them to turn this marriage around into something that's positive and powerful, something that meets both of their needs. Give them your supernatural strength as they go through their days. Watch out over them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today.